0: scripture this morning then have a special and get into the service Ezekiel chapter number 37 Ezekiel chapter number 37 Isaiah Jeremiah limitations Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter number 37 if you see like always uh, any Baptist church members if you see someone that does not have a bible please go uh, help them uh, share your Bible with them. So, I got Brother Jordan Mullins up here does not have a Bible. No, just kidding. And uh, Ezekiel chapter number thirty-seven, Ezekiel chapter number thirty-seven. And uh, we're going to read just two portions of Scripture, or two sorry, two verses of Scripture, and then have our prayer, have a special, and then I will give an update on the mission trip, and then get into the service this this morning. And good to have everyone here this morning. Thank you for helping those around you uh, find that. Ezekiel chapter 37. And let's uh, follow along with me as I read. And we'll read verse number two and verse number three. And then we'll go from there. Uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse number two. The Bible says this, And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very, uh, very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, o, o Lord God, thou knowest. Let's have a word of prayer that we'll get into the sermon this morning. Heavenly Father, to God, I pray that you bless. God, thank you for the Anchor Baptist Church. God, thank you for giving us a place to come to and worship you and hear from your word. And God, I pray that you please bless this morning. Bless the men as they're in Ghana, Africa, dear God, and as they're ministering to people this morning and preaching and. Teaching and witnessing, and God, I pray that you just bless them, keep them safe. And God, I pray that you work work with us here in this service this morning. God, we need to hear from you. Um, God, we, I pray that you'd help me to uh, put myself aside, Your God, and to think on You and clear my mind for Your Word. God, I pray that You bless this place. If there's someone here this morning that's not saved, God, I pray they get saved. And God will give you all the glory and praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Smile on his face, he replied to me, I'll see all my friends in Hallelujah Square. ripple dragging his feet he couldn't walk like we do down the street i said my friend oh i feel sorry for you but he said up in heaven i'm gonna See all my friends in Hallelujah Square, what a wonderful time we'll all have up there. We'll sing and praise Jesus, his glory to share, and you'll not see one cripple in Hallelujah square I saw an old man gasping for breath soon he'd be gone as his eyes closed in death he looked at me said boy don't look so blue i'm going up to heaven well how about you i'll see all my friends and hallelujah square Yeah. Hey.
0: at Calvary Baptist passed away Friday night in a car wreck, and he had been driving the church bus for 17 years, and faithful, I mean faithful, faithful, I mean doesn't matter how sick he is, he was there, he wanted to be there, if he wasn't able to be there, he literally would drive to the church, as sick as ever, drop off all the food and everything for the bus kids, make sure they're taken care of, he'd go home, he'd definitely try to be there Sunday night, and just a faithful man, and uh, passed away, but now, he's in heaven, Thinking about that sport, why while you're singing that, and uh, praise the Lord for heaven. I can't wait to get there. Sometimes sooner than later. And with the way this world's going, it's like God, please come quick. And uh, there, and so I can't wait to uh, be able to get there and see all of our friends that have passed on before us. And we praise the Lord for that. Okay. Uh, I really want to just uh, just uh, thank uh, a couple people. Uh, Alyssa for being here. Miss Bell, as guest, Alyssa, would you raise your hand for me? And this is Alyssa. And uh, give her a hand. Glad to have you. this weekend. Uh, this Miss Mrs. Bell, uh, ladies you'll like this. Miss Bell, most of you probably already know. But Miss Bell uh, led her to Lord at Macy's. Amen. So go shopping at Macy's and you can go soul winning. That's your, everybody news new Saturday uh, soul winning spot, right? Macy's, okay. And uh, there. And led her to Lord, she's here visiting Alyssa. Thank you for being here. And then we have our college, we have like this college crew that's growing uh here and, it's good to have Seth and, and Bailey back here with us and uh, there, and then Amber, of course. And Amber and Bailey are at OSU, and then Seth, what college is it at? Audubon. Audubon University, and so good to have you guys back and give them a hand, and uh, good to have them here and here also, and uh, this is their senior year, senior year, so after this they're done and we will no longer see them. You can always just move up here. And just go to our church and, uh, there. And then Amber started her first year this year. And she has two years, correct? Two years. And so glad to have her here here also. Uh, be in prayer for pastor and then give you a quick update. And then we're getting to, the, I promise, we'll get this. Listen, when pastor's not here, Brother the and I were talking. When he's not here, we were shaking hands and it had only been like seven minutes into the service, okay? So when pastor's not here, the service runs quicker, okay? And it's because we're not going to get up and just... Talk about anything and everything, because that's not our spot, that's not our place, we're not the pastor, okay, we are not the pastor of Anchor Baptist Church, those of you visiting need to come back to meet our pastor, and uh, when he gets back from Africa on the missions trip, and so, uh, so I want to give you a quick update, now they got in, um, they got left at midnight from New York, and they arrived in Ghana at midnight, (laughs) Okay, now think about that in just your brain of figuring out what day is it. And uh, so they elected midnight, arrived at midnight, and went right out Saturday, got busy. So Friday night at midnight, they, they, they arrived, and it got busy Saturday, and they had 19 people get saved, and 11 signups on Saturday, and so we praise the Lord for that, okay? And so they had a good day on Saturday, and then also, uh, also pastor this morning preached so at 7 o'clock this morning when you guys were rubbing the boogers out of your eyes and trying to get up. Pastor was preaching in Africa this morning at 7 a.m. our time, and uh, they were in the service, and all of our men were scattered throughout the ministry there, working in junior churches and Sunday schools, and Brother Munson, I think, was running their whole IT. I don't know what he was doing, but he was running a bunch uh, there and and stuff, and and they were having a great time uh, there in the service. And the the city of Kamasi, I want you to think about the city of Kamasi, 3.8 million people in the city of Kamasi. 3.8 3.8 million in that city. And uh, they were busy. It looked like they had a great crowd uh, this morning. And uh, i tell you, tell you this little, little tidbit. It's great uh, pastor in the middle of the sermon this morning and uh, sung the song, How Great Thou Art, right in the middle of the sermon. And uh, there, and, uh, Brother uh, Munson said the crowd just went crazy when he was singing. And uh, there, and, uh, and, then, and then when he got done singing, the translators looked at him like, there's no way I'm matching that and translating that. And so, <laughs> which, what do you do, you know? Uh, and then Brother Ward got attacked by all the kids because he has hairy arms. And all the kids are like, what is this hair all over this white boy's arms? And, uh, and they were like pulling on it, and you know. So he's going to come back, and he's going to be bald right here on his arm where the kids pulled it out. And so, no, they, they've had a great time this morning. People already saved. Now, now, pray from this afternoon. They're going, we have a missionary to the whole family. Uh, there in, in I think they're out of that church with the deaf ministry, correct? They've helped start a deaf ministry there out of that church. And, and they're going to visit with them today. So they're going to get to meet one of our missionaries that we support here from our church, uh, one of the missionaries you support. They're going to be able to go meet with them and be with them for a service. And then also this afternoon, they're going into a prison to preach the gospel uh, in there. So pray that souls be saved. There should be probably, honestly, either there now or headed that direction. Uh, to be in that prison there to preach the gospel to them and then right back to the service and pastors preaching in tonight at the church and so be in prayer for them they have a busy busy schedule and uh, honestly outside of praying for souls to be saved pray they get the rest they need because they're going to be busy and they're going to need that energy uh, to go uh, pretty much all day every day and so make sure you're praying for that and praying for our pastor and we love love them care for them, want them back here, and excited, again, uh, like it's been said, it's one thing to send somebody else, but it's nothing to send your own child to go to war. It's a whole different battle when someone you know and care about is, is the one out fighting. And so when we send our own out, we, we got to be excited for them to come back and hear the report of what God has done, and I cannot wait for them to get back hear that and so make sure that you are praying uh, praying for them all right uh, take your Bibles we'll get into the sermon uh, this morning and go to Ezekiel chapter number 37 Ezekiel chapter number 37 good to have everyone here this morning in your places good day on buses this morning and so praise the Lord for that visitors that are here and, uh, and keep invite somebody else to come invite somebody else to come uh, to church and uh, get them here Ezekiel chapter 37. And uh, we're going to read a portion, we're going to read verses 1 through verse number 12. So i want to follow you to follow along as I read. I want to talk to you this morning, I'm going to give you the title of the sermon this morning. But I want to talk to you this morning about dry bone Christianity. Dry bone Christianity. And it is a, it is a, it is a, it is a as much as an epidemic as COVID was, which was fake. And, but anyways, uh, as much as an epidemic as COVID was. Our Christianity in the United States is becoming very dry, becoming very dry. When you have people from other countries looking at the United States and saying, we better get missionaries there to help reach the United States for Christ because they need more preachers, they need missionaries. That's a sad testimony. Now, by the way, I welcome it. As much as we go there, if they want to come here and start reaching people, I'm for it. Okay, I'm for it. As much as we go to their country and help, they want to come here and help, I'm for it. But it's also a bad testimony on where our Christianity is at in America. Yeah, right. By the way, America is not going to be fixed because of anything in politics. Politics is not going right. to fix anything. No matter who you vote in, it ain't going to fix anything. Right. All right? But America, listen, America can get back on track for God if the churches would stop being dry bone Christianity. If our churches would wake up and realize, listen to this, ready? Where we have allowed our country to get. It's a pleasure. I'm not the one out there running around the streets and doing anything. I know. But our lack of stand against what is wrong has allowed sin in our country to run rampant over the entire country. It used to be. Listen, it used to be. It used to be. Because of the testimony of Christians in towns and in villages and in neighborhoods, that people would dare not to do wrong. They, they just wouldn't. Be, oh, that's a Christian, and that's a Christian, and, and we go to church with them, and we're, we don't want to put up with that. But now it just runs rampant everywhere. Because Christians have decided, Let get this ready, we've, we've fallen into this, this idea of we need to be silent. Let's just live our lives and do what we want to do and do what we think is right, but not voice what is right. The pastor calls it ninja Christianity, right? Where you kind of sneak around and live the Christian life, but you don't want anybody to know. And we've fallen into that. And because of that, we've become very dry in our Christianity. And I want to read you this story, or some of you know it, some of you maybe have not read it in a while, and uh, there and here in about a week or so, we'll probably be reading it as through our Bible reading uh, there, so you'll get this story again. And But let's understand it here in, in Ecclesi- e- 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 Ezekiel, sorry, Ezekiel chapter number 37, and starting in verse 1, follow along as I read, already 12 verses. I want you to follow along and I want you to hear what the Bible has to say. And the hand of the Lord was upon me, now this is the prophet Ezekiel, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. Set me down in the midst of a valley which was full, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And that's a question. So God's asking him a question. Now and it's really funny when God asks you a question and me a question. We already know He knows the answer, but He wants us to agree with Him. He wants to hear us say it. It's like a child, right? You ask a child a question and, 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 and they just kind of look at you and you go, no, I want to hear you answer. Yeah. Yeah. I already know the answer. Did you steal that? <laughs> Did you get to the chocolate and it's all over your face? I know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. And God's asking him a question. He said, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will and I will lay sinew upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. So this is what he's telling him to do now. Look at this. So I prophesied, and I was, com- as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, these there was a noise, and, and beheld, uh, sorry, behold, a a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I be, uh, beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, uh, covered them above, and there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man. And, and say, uh, say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the uh, the four winds, o, o breath, and breathe upon uh, these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, These bones are the whole house of Israel. So, so he's painting a picture here where Israel's at. What's happening? Israel is becoming dry. He's saying Israel's dry. Their Christianity is dry. They don't worship me, worship me the way they're supposed to. They don't follow me the way they used to. They don't obey the word of God the way they're supposed to. So they're very dry. And then and, and we see here later and even before how they were in bondage. And God is showing a picture of this. Look what he says. He says, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say... Our bones, our bones are dry and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. So if I could paint a picture for you this morning, especially those of you that Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this story in the Bible, this this truth in the Bible, this event. The prophet Ezekiel is placed into this valley, and the Bible says in the valley there was dry bones. Be very, very clear about what we're talking about, human bones, dry bones. They were scattered throughout the Bible, says they were very dry. The Bible says they've been, they've been I want you to think about this, if you know anything about, uh, uh, eat, here, eat chicken, eat chicken, eat okay. If you're not raising your hand, I don't know what's wrong with you. We do live in America. And uh, there if you ever laid a chicken bone down or saw a chicken bone on the side of the road, you can tell it's been there for a while because it's dried out. Right? It's dried out. So the Bible says these bones were very dry. They've been there a while. You think about the process of decay. The bones were not just there as just bones. The body had to decay first. After the decay, the bones had to dry out. The Bible says they were very dry. God tells them, I want you to, I want you to speak to these bones. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was walking down the road and God said, I want you to speak to those bones, I think you would be crazy. I'm going to speak to these bones sitting on the ground. One, when I walk into a valley and I see a bunch of dried bones, of human bones, I don't know if I'm going to stay around that much longer. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to hang out a little bit knowing that something did not take place, uh, something took place that was not supposed to happen right here. But God told him, I want you to speak to these bones. I want you to, I want you to tell these bones. And I want you to uh, talk to the wind. I want, I, I'm going to bring, I'm going to show you, God here shows him a miracle. I'll bring, by the way, an example and a picture of what God said, I'm going to do to the children of Israel. The children, children of Israel have been desolate. They have been away from God. They have strayed away from God. The Bible says, I'm going to, there in verse number 12, I'm going I'm to uh, pull you up out of your graves. I'm going to open your graves. We get you out of your graves. So it's a picture of who Israel was. But understand here, he asked him, he said, Well, these bones live. He said, I don't know, God, I don't know, but thou knowest. And again, he said, Prophesy to these bones and say, tell them, uh, uh, prophesy to me. The Bible says, I'm gonna bring these bones together. And I'm gonna add sinew and flesh back on them and skin on them, and they're gonna become whole. And he said, I'm gonna raise and he raises up an army. The Bible says, An army. A Miracle, amazing. I mean, imagine being a, 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 for, a, a person in that area, maybe the village nearby. You know, you're out there looking for water or looking, uh, tending the sheep or something. And you hear this guy yelling over top of the hill and you kind of walk up and see what's going on. <laughs> and as you're sitting there watching, all of a sudden these bones start shaking. <laughs> and all of a sudden these two uh, lake bones go whoop, back together and you're going, whoa, what was that? Then the hip bone comes from over on the other side and goes flying. It hits it, and, and connects it bone to his bone, the Bible says. I want you to picture what's taking place here. And God puts him, by the way, God puts him back together. Listen to this, the way they're supposed to be. The way they're supposed to be. Everything has its place the way it's supposed to be. And God puts him back together. And then God says, oh, it's not good enough to have bones walking around. You don't need bones walking around. So I'm going to put sinew and flesh on you. And when he got done, he said, there's still one thing now, I've got to put the breath of life in you. And God, in this example, listen to this, God shows a picture, listen to this, of what can happen in our Christianity if we're not careful. We become very dry. We allow things to take place in our life that get us kind of away, listen to this, away from what God had intended for us. Like the children of Israel. I'm going to have to raise you up. I'm going to have to open up your graves because you're like these bones. You become very dry in what you know is right. Every Christian, listen to this, every Christian goes through, goes through low points in their life. We get caught up in the emotions of what's going on. And if we're not careful because of these situations allow ourselves to dry out, listen to this, to dry out spiritually. We allow ourselves to kind of simmer down in our fire for God. We allow ourselves to be influenced by the things of the world around us. Listen to what I said. We allow ourselves to be influenced by the things of the world around us. I say this to our young people. You are or will become who your friends are. Listen to that statement, you are or will become who your friends are. you are be very careful about who you surround yourselves with. Listen to me, Christian, because you're drying out. You're drying out spiritually. In verse number two, we see the Bible says that they're very dry. Those bones have been there, listen to me, a long time. And there's something to say, listen to this, there's something to say about Christians. Be careful, listen to this, be careful Listen to what I'm saying here when you've been in church for a long time. We have a lot of Christians that have been in church for a very long time. Listen to this, and you know the Bible. You know what is right. We know what is wrong. We know the direction that we are supposed to be headed. But because we've been in church for a long time, we've kind of eased. And if we're not careful, we start drying out. We start drying out. I don't think these people plan to be there. <laughs> I don't think they plan to all be dead in a valley full of bones with everybody else. No, listen to me, no one in here, let, let's, be, let's be real this morning, you Ready? No one in here is planning by the end of 2023 to be out of church. But it happens. Listen to what I'm saying. Hey, put your shirt down. Listen to what I'm saying. No Christian plans to be out of the will of God in the next month. And no one in here plans to say, you know what, in about... A year and a half, two years, I'm just going to quit all my ministries and just kind of, but it happens. Listen to what I'm saying. It happens. And we become dry in our Christianity. They had been there a long time. They had been there a long time. Verse number three, the Bible says, thou knowest. Ezekiel points out and says, God, you know. You know. You, you know if they're going to live or not. And by the way, God does know. Isn't that amazing? He doesn't show us, but he knows who's going to make it and who's not. But he gives you that opportunity to say, God, this is what I want. I love you and I want to serve you and I want to please you. He gives you that opportunity. But God knows who's going to make it and who's not. Just like he knew if these bones were going to live or not. Here we see the question from God uh, in the answer from Ezekiel. The Bible says, tell talks about this in Hebrews. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six. Everybody turn. Hebrews chapter 11, and verse number six. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible. I want you to think about that. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, God knew the answer. God knew that he could make these bones live, but Ezekiel also had to have, to, have to have the faith that God can make. "What can these bones live? L- listen to this. Hebrews chapter 11 verse number 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Diligently. That's where we lost. That's how we became dry. We stopped diligently seeking him. We started coming to church. And listen, everybody's there. Everybody goes through this in life. Everybody hits these points in life. But going to church became always out of just duty. Not really because I wanted to. I better, because if I don't, they're going to talk bad about me down at your Baptist church, so I better go to church. When the truth is, when you're not here, we miss you. We want you here. But we start thinking this way. And pretty soon in our thinking, we start drying out in our spiritual life. I'm headed somewhere, and I know I'm kind of taking off slowly here, but we're headed somewhere. No faith, listen to this, no faith causes you to dry up. No faith. How many times I've heard from people that have grown up in church I've lost all faith in God. What are you talking about? You've lost faith in God. And my honest question wants to be, are you saved? (laughs) Did you lose that much faith to where you doubt your salvation? You don't even think he can save you? That troubles me just saying that. But no faith causes us to dry out in our spiritual life. When we start listening to this, There's always going to be low times. And listen to me. You're always going to run into problems in the Christian life. There's always going to be hard times in the Christian life. For someone to think, listen to me, new Christians that are here. Listen to me. Look at me. Look at me, new Christians. You just started coming here recently. Just because you're saved in church this morning does not mean everything works out perfect. The truth is, I said it Thursday night. Christians face more reality than anybody in the world ever thought about facing. Because we don't run to alcohol and drugs and this or that to drown ourselves out of reality so we can feel sane for a minute. We live, live in it. But we have someone to go to in it. We have someone we can look to in it. And so our faith is constantly tested. No matter what you're going through, you can't allow your faith to be shaken and doubted in your, in your heavenly father. You've got to understand that everyone's going to go through something. And that doesn't mean, listen, just as you are uh, 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 our, our, our kids at home, my, my wife and I are two opposites at home with the kids. Uh, one of them gets hurt and they come crying to me, You're to the wrong person, if you're looking for sympathy. <laughs> There's no blood. Stop crying and go about your business. And if there is blood, it better be a lot. Alright, it's fine. It's just listen, it's just scratch. It's fine. It's fine. It's a scratch. You'll be okay. You're gonna live. So they so they leave me and they go run to mom. Because <laughs> I want mom to hold me and I want her to, you know, kiss the boo boo, because it makes it all feel good. Right? Listen listen to this your heavenly father is still with you no matter what you're going through. And the only way for you to strengthen your faith, I want you to think about this. The only way for you to strengthen your faith to be stronger in your Christian life is for you to face some fights sometimes. For you to face that brick wall and go, I don't know where I'm, I don't know how to get past this. And at that time is when your faith is strengthened. But he's always there. Listen to what he said. He's always there. He said, thou knowest. In verse number five, uh, his faith, his faith, understand his faith and understanding of what was going on. Verse number five, God gave them life. Listen to this. Then, listen to this. God gave them life and gave them, listen to this, ready? The Bible says sinew, flesh, right? Gave them meat. God, listen to this, put everything back together in order. The way it needed to happen. I want you to notice this. How God puts it back yeah, together. Honestly, I don't even know what this means. But I was looking at this, how God put him back together. The last thing he said is, I'm going to put him on the breath of life.'" I thought about Adam. The last thing he says, I'm going to breathe into your nostrils the, the breath of life. There's something to say about God putting, listen to this, a life back together that's been wrecked, giving them life in him. God wants to do the same thing for you. Listen to me. God wants to do the same thing for you. God does not care. You say, but Brother Pleasure, you don't understand what's what's happened. You don't understand what I've done. No, but I know he knows. (laughs) And I know he still loves you, and I know he still wants to put you back together. I know he still wants to give you life. He wants to breathe the breath of life into you. He wants to help you. He, He doesn't want you to be dry the rest of your life in your Christian life. He doesn't want you to be there the rest of your life. He wants to revive you. There is a proper step of getting back. Listen to this. There is a proper, this is what this is a picture of. There's a proper step to getting back in fellowship with God. Here's what we do, you ready? By the way, by the way, before you say about you don't you don't understand. I've been, I've been here at this point, I'm about to talk about. I've been here. There are steps to getting back, just like there are steps to God putting them together, steps to getting back in fellowship with God. Pastor says all the time, you don't run off into the world, do your own thing, and then come back and expect everything is just going to be the same. And I can go back and teach my Sunday school class and do everything I'm supposed to do. No, 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 It's a process. Hey, Christian, when you mess up and you confess your sins to God, and say, I didn't say man, I said to God. And you were straying away from God, or you were backslid, you stopped coming to church, and now you're trying to come back. There is a process in getting back in fellowship with God. I think about David after he sinned uh, with Bathsheba and then the killing of Uriah, uh, uh, or her husband, and how, how he begged God for that fellowship again. Give me the joy of my salvation. Bring me back and fellowship. God, I desire to be with you. I want to be your friend again. But it was a process. There were steps. Listen to me, Christian. And when you are dry in your Christianity, when you have literally, you were here and now all of a sudden you find yourself down here in your Christian life. You think, man, I, you know, I listen to preaching. Nothing stirs me anymore. I read my Bible when I can and nothing just stirs me anymore. I, I feel like my relation with God is gone. I feel like my Christianity is just dry. I've messed up. Takes steps, growth, and time to get back in fellowship with God. God wants to revive those who have dried bones in their Christian life. And then He wants to strengthen them. I don't know about you, but if you took all the muscle and the sinew out out of your body, you would be able to stand. You would be useless. At that point, you would be able to help move around and help people and this and that and open doors for people and, and tell people you had no muscle. I mean, you, how could you even talk? So God not only put them back together, but then God gave them the strength they needed to be able to be used Look at, look at the last verse there in, in, in Ezekiel, uh, chapter number 37. Look at the, sorry, not the last verse. In my Bible, it's the bottom verse, verse number 11. Then he said unto me, son of man, uh, these oh, sorry, sorry, verse number 10, the last part of verse number 10. And they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Why do you say army? Why do you say exceeding great people? He said army. Ready, strengthened, army ready to fight, ready to go to war, army, an exceeding great army. See, he not only restored them to just be living, but he gave them the strength to be an exceeding great army. Now take the Bible for what it says. If it was just a group of people and four or five people, he would have said four or five people. But he said an exceeding great army. Listen to this. Just minutes later, Earlier, there were dried bones. God said, Israel, I'm going to do this for you. Israel, this is you. You're dried out. You're straight away from me. You're not following me like you're supposed to. You're not obeying me like you're supposed to. But I can fix that. If you'll listen to me, if you'll have faith, if you'll trust me, I can put everything back together. Verse number seven. I like how he said bone, bone to his bone. God knows exactly what you need, listen to this, for your dry bones. We say things like this, I'm going to read you a couple things here in a second. We say things like this about life. Life is a roller coaster. Life has its ups, life has its downs. Life has its twists, and life has its turns. But understand this, Christian, we need, listen to what I'm saying here, we need the low times in life to draw closer to God. But remember, listen to this, a just man falls seven times and rises up again. I want to read you this song that I was singing, singing this morning and uh, listening to this morning. I, I thought it fit great with the with the message. I want to read it to you. So I want you to listen. About, about life and the storms we face, the low times, the times where it's like I'm worthless. Why would God even use me? Why? How can I even come to church? How can I even show up and show my face? God, who, who am I to teach Sunday school class? God, you know where I'm at. You know I'm dried out in my Christianity. You know, you know, you know, I've, I've kind of just ex- expended everything that I am and in, my, in my life. I feel like, and I, I I'm not, I don't deserve it. I want you to think about this. It is a blessing when I see the dark clouds parting, when the rain is gone and the sun is breaking through. I anticipate when life will just be normal, just to close my eyes and rest in you. My heart can rest so easy when there's blue skies, when the wind is gone and the rain is not in sight. How I long to hang my sword above the mantle, away from harm and distant from the fight. But I wouldn't know your peace without the hard times or be thankful for relief without the pain. I wouldn't know love. I'm sorry. I wouldn't love the light if there were not for darkness or appreciate the sun without the How could I understand forgiveness without failure or feel the warmth of love without the bitter cold? How could I hold your healing hands without affliction and be blessed to see your mercies all unfold? Sure, it's a blessing to be safe and secure and warm, but Lord, I thank you for the storm. You understand what that's saying? How could you understand how much you love the light without darkness? How could you enjoy the sunlight without the rain? I mean, it would just be always sunny. What's the difference? How could you enjoy the relief without pain? We never, we would, listen to this, we would not understand it the way, I want you to understand something. I was about this this morning and think about this song. The angels in heaven do not even understand this. They don't understand what it's like for someone to die for them so they can go to heaven. They don't understand what it's like. They don't understand what it's like to desire warmth from. Peace. I understand what it's like. Imagine as Peter sat in prison. He had made port, uh, paced the floors with chains around his feet, and in his mind the devil taunted it as he whispers, The battle's lost, and this is your defeat. But then his mind went back to that night in the tempest, when the master spoke and the winds and seas obeyed. And he remembered that the storm calming all around him, he could rest in that dark prison unafraid. In my life, were free of if my life were free of trials, Lord, I'd I'd lose my view of you. They're sweet, tro- uh, they're sweet trophies that remind me of all you do. Sure, it's a blessing to be safe and secure and for the storm. Christian the times in your Christian life where you realize that you're dried out. I'm struggling. Is the times when you look to God and realize how good he is. It's hard to understand the blessings of God. hard to understand. If if we'd be honest in our Christian life, those of you that have been uh, been in Christianity for a long time, the sweetest times in your life are the times when you were at your lowest and you felt like God was just there. You felt like his arms were around you and you maybe cried, maybe wanted to be alone, but when it was over, your faith was grown. the low times in our life. We have too many Christians that are have this dry bone Christianity where we have just, we've lost, listen to this, we've lost what God always intended us to have. We've lost our faith, we've lost our desire, we've lost all these things in our life instead of just hanging on to God. We've allowed the mundane things of life, the everyday stuff, to make us bored in Christianity. Oh, it's just another Saturday, I guess we got to go. Oh, it's another Sunday, I guess we got to go. And it's caused us to slowly dry out. Do you remember when you first got saved and first came to church? How excited you were? I love watching uh, new Christians in our church because they're excited about everything. I mean, they're soaking everything. Remember when you were like that? Where everything that was said, you were hanging on every word. You wanted to hear everything. And now it's like, you know, Sunday morning comes and the preacher gets up to preach. And he says, turn to First John 3, or, or John three sixteen. Or he says, turn to a, a verse that you know. And already in your mind, you're going, oh, another verse on salvation. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We're going to talk about revelation again. go here, we're going to finish up this lesson, the series we've been on, we get to the science go, all right, here we go, next lesson, we're going to talk about Jesus again today. And we've become very dry in our Christianity. We've become very just kind of, I guess if we have to, let's just do it. Well, I guess if I need to be there, I will. I guess if I have to read my Bible, I guess I'll try to get up and do it. Well, I guess I have to pray, and so let's you know, let's just get it done. You know, I got time. I, I got a little bit of time. I got to hurry though. I got things to do. We've become we've become busy in our Christianity. Way too busy. We've become dry. Let me let me ask you this this morning. Some areas of Christian in, in Christians' life that we can become very dry. Number one. We can become dry in our walk with God because it's lost. In our walk with God because it's lost. You know, one of the first things that goes, listen to me, when someone leaves church, one of the first things that has left is their walk with God. I want you to think about what I just said. So, brother, a real pleasure. They, you know, when when they left church because they committed this sin and they, they left because they did this wrong and, and, you know, all this happened and all. It started with their walk with God. Yeah. Listen to me. That's not my testimony. That's testimonies of people I've talked to that have been in church for decades, including even pastors, that will say, I stopped reading my Bible. How did this happen? I stopped spending time with God. Because listen to me, Christian. When you stop spending time with God, you lose the strength, the spiritual strength you need, and you start dying immediately. Listen to what I just said. When you Okay, ready? We know this in, in, in life. When you stop growing, you start dying. When you stop growing, you start dying. The same thing in your Christian life. When I stop spending time with God and allowing God to apply to my life, and allowing God to help me and speak to me, I start dying as a Christian. And it might not be immediately, but eventually, I'm going to be that decayed bones, dried, laying in the valley, begging God to revive me, remembering what I used to be, remembering where I used to go, remembering things that God did in my life back then, but I allowed myself to dry out, and it all started with, right, right? I just decided, you know, what's reading a ready? What's reading a book gonna do? That's the way we look at it. You mean you mean me reading? A couple pages a day is gonna help me. So you think it's so little? So minuscule. It doesn't matter much. I mean it's just come on, the little things. No, it matters. Our walk with God is lost, and so we start dying and drying out in our Christianity. Number two, our prayer life is lost. Our prayer life is lost. By the way, by the way, by the way, listen to me, listen to me. You cannot say, listen to this, you cannot say that I love God and that I obey him if you're not doing those two things. Because there's millions of people out there that say the same thing every time we go out so morning. Oh, I believe in God. I love God. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm this and that. Why don't you come to church? No, I don't need that. Well, you might be saved. Salvation. Bring your body has nothing to do with salvation. So I understand that? Prayer itself every day has nothing to do with salvation. That's what, that's what the Muslims believe. I've got to pray five times a day. That does not get you to heaven. But you can't say you love someone that you're not willing to give time to. Listen to me. You can't say you care about someone and that you want to obey someone you desire to be with someone you're not willing to spend time with. We lose our walk with God. We lose our prayer life. Number three, areas in our Christian life that we become dry. Number Number three, our holiness is lost. Our holiness is lost. They told us, and a lot of it didn't matter to a lot, but they told us the Bible college something that I, I still think about today. And uh, there, they, they say this all the time, that the church is, listen to this, what the world was 20 years ago. See, think about how scary this is. Look at the world out there. And 20 years from now, that's going to be accepted right here. So Open for the pleasure, not an Anchor Baptist Church. Really? Because even things that we do now would be like no, not accepted 20 years ago. Let's be honest. Okay, let's just go with dress standards. Just, just stop there. Dress standards. Not accepted 20 years ago, but now it's accepted. Why do you, by the way, why do you think pastor has such a strict standard in what he expects here in our church? Because he knows that's pushing constantly. And you let up a little bit, and trust me, it's not going to take a little bit. It's going to take a whole lot. Right? It's like giving a kid a piece of candy. Just a little bite. Uh Uh-uh, no way. Take that whole thing. Oh, Half the candy bar has gone. It's the same thing with standards. When you let up a little bit, standards wants to push. The world wants to push and take more than what you wanted to give. So understand, understand, listen, holiness is lost. Holiness is lost. You take the Christian 20 years ago in a church, the faithful Christian 20 years ago in church, and put him up next to the Christian and the the faithful Christian in today's world two different Christians completely and a lot of it comes down to that one word holiness Ooh, listen, they weren't perfect but holiness in their life was a big deal right living God honoring everything I do, every conversation every action everything people see out of me every place I go Everything I do, every, pe- every person I'm around, and it is a big deal. It was a big deal. But now it's kind of just simmered out. And holiness is, you know, it's kind of a thing of the past in a lot of our minds. Well, by the way, when someone mentions that word in church, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that word. We literally do not think about it that much. We talk about the word holiness. We talk about the word worship, and it's like they're, they're foreign words to us because we don't, we don't talk about them that much. Yeah. And it almost reminds us, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be holy like he's holy. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Oh, well, man, I messed up on that this week. And I don't think God's pleased with that. And it reminds us why we've become dried. We've dried out in our Christianity. We stop thinking about those things. We stop focusing on those things. Number four, here's the Christian life that can become very dry. Number four is our willingness to serve God. We're just not willing to serve him anymore. We're not willing to serve him anymore. By, By the way, by the way, Coming to church is not serving God. That's what I just said. I did not just speak heresy. Coming to church, showing up to church, that's it, is not serving God. That's something God told you to do. Why well, show up every week? I'm glad you're faithful. By the way, we need faithful people. But showing up and sitting down and listening and turning around and walk out is not serving God. That's just obeying him. It's just obeying him. See, our willingness to serve is dried out. It's like pulling teeth to get people to get involved in ministries. I mean, it's, it's hard. You ever had a tooth pulled? It felt like the dentist was almost on top of you trying to get that tooth out, right? And then he gets that thing that slides up like a hammer and you're thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to rip my, my top jaw out. He does this. The pressure that's there, and, and, we, and that's what we feel. When it used to, listen, listen. To this. When it used to be, we always looked for things. What can I do? What can I do more for God? What can I do more for God? What else can I help out in? I'm not satisfied with just this area. I want to do more. Whatever, whatever God wants, I want to do it. And everything that I am doing, I'm going to do it to the best I can. I'm going to get involved everywhere I can. Our willingness is dried to. Our willingness is dried out. Oh, brother, brother pleasure. I'm willing to do whatever God wants. Okay, we need a science school teacher. Well, no, brother, not that, not that. All right, I got a bus ride. I can get you on. Oh, no, no, no. You know, I don't want to have to be here at 730 in the morning. Not that. What about Saturday to come out so Well, Saturday, that's my family day. So I don't know if I can come out on Saturdays. So you're not really willing to serve God. You're willing to do whatever's convenient for you. Right, yeah. You know, servitude takes effort on your part, yeah. not the master's part. Right, you yeah. think about that. Servitude takes effort on your end, not the master's end. Yeah, right. Number five, areas of Christians will become dry in their Christianity, dry, dried up bones. Number five, in their purpose for God is lost. When their purpose for God is lost. Some of us, listen, some of us just lost our purpose in life. Preacher says it all the time. I absolutely agree. Your, your purpose, listen to it, your purpose is not Monday through Friday. Listen to what I just said. Your purpose is not Monday through Friday. By the way, I take that same mentality even on staff. My purpose is so what on Saturday. My purpose is on Sunday, teaching and trying to help people. My purpose, my per- what I live for, is not fixing a toilet every week. Trust me, I don't, I don't live for that. I do it, but I don't live for it. Why? I have a bigger purpose than just that. That that's stuff I do during the week, but that's not my purpose. Listen to me, Christian. Your purpose is not everything else you have in life, but your purpose is to give glory to God and honor. You know, God created us to bring glory and honor to him. To give praise to him. That's why, that's the whole reason he created us. That's the whole reason he created us. That's the thing we forget about. We do least of. Number six, and this is the last one. Here is that. Dried bones in our Christian life is our area of work when our worship is lost. When our worship is lost. That's why I said when our worship is lost. By the way, worship, listen to this. Worship is not the charismatic worship. That's, that, that's bringing attention to self, not bringing attention to God. Listen to what I just said. That's bringing attention to self, but not bringing attention to God. True worship. True worship. Think of the song, His Name is Wonderful. His name is wonderful. We're not talking about anything besides Him. We're worshiping Him. True worship in spirit and in truth. We are supposed to worship our, listen to me, we are supposed to worship God. By the way, worship is my everyday worship is my one-on-one, not just when I'm around everybody else. By the way, you should have whatever you do in front of people, there should be 10 times more that you do not in front of people when it comes to worshiping God. My true worship is when I'm spending time with him in the mornings. My true worship is when it's just me in the car and I'm singing praises to God. My true worship is when it's just me and him that should be the most of my worship but here's what we do ready We put on when we come to church we put on when we come to church it takes like the first two congregationals to kind of get our spirit kind of up and going you know ready to say amen to even forget about everything else that's going on around us it takes two to three songs in a service Sunday morning is a different service than Sunday night, not because it's two different times. Some of you are like, oh well, yeah, it's two different times. But because Sunday morning, this is what we're doing, ready? This is what I'm doing this morning for you. Come on, pump up. Come on, we gotta go. Come on, come on, are you alive? You there? All right, come on, CPR, here we go. Come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. And then tonight, they'll be screaming and shouting, having a great time at church. spend time in worship with God all week. Listen to what I just said. We expect this to be our worship instead of this to be our worship. We come to church expecting, okay, I need something from God now. It's been a long week and I really need something from God. And I agree with that. I come to church doing the same thing, but I should have already spent time with God this week. I should come to church ready to hear from God not waiting to be woken up and alive so I can hear something from God. We tell our teachers all the time uh, before we get to go to, when we go to like camps and stuff, and tell them, listen, before you go to camp, if you're already reading your Bible, you're already spending time with God, you're already spiritually strong and spiritually strengthened, when you get to camp, the word of God's going to speak to you, you're going to make more decisions at camp and you're gonna, God's really going to work in your heart. Why? Because they're already spiritually ready to go. So they'll get to camp and the last night. Finally, God can speak to their heart. Because he had to fight past everything else they were doing. And that's how we show up to church every week. Listen to this. Ready? Ready? Especially. Let's be honest. Especially when you don't show up on Thursday. And it's Sunday to Sunday. And those that are Sunday morning only, Sunday morning to Sunday morning. And it's like, okay, help me, God. I need help. Maybe pumped up. I want to feel great again. I want to feel like I have a fellowship with you again. But you're living Sunday, the Sunday, yeah. Sunday, the Sunday. By the way, that's why God said, and the much more as you see the day approaching. Yeah. Oh, the much more. Listen to me. With as much voice, the voice of this world, the flesh, the devil that we hear all week long, we need more of the voice of God. Speaking to our ears.
1: I want you to think about that. The amount of the voice of this world that comes.